raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. You're listening to The Ram Report, a podcast about all things VCU basketball, brought to you by WVCW Radio and the Commonwealth Times, and in partnership with the ESPN Richmond Radio. The Ram Report is hosted by Ben Malakoff and Noah Fleischman. Now, here are your hosts, Ben and Noah. And welcome to this week's episode of the Ram Report. I'm Noah Fleischman alongside Ben Malikoff. And this week we have a special guest, Matt Shelton Eyed of VC Ram Nation. Matt, thanks for joining us. Fellas, it's great. It's great to see you guys. I, I missed y'all. I was hoping we would uh, be at a game together on Saturday, but this is the era we live in. This is just what we have to deal with. <laughs> the era we live in, exactly. I mean, Saturday's game, rescheduled, but. Kind of COVID kind of worked out well. I mean, St. Bonaventure also had their game rescheduled on Wednesday. So VCU ended up picking up a game, moving it around a little bit, but they'll play at St. Bonaventure on Wednesday. And, and Matt, Bonaventure is a team that they're at the top of the A-10 right now, four and one, six and one on the year. So, I mean, they're a kind of a dangerous team. They beat U of R in Richmond, probably their biggest win of the season, 69-66. So what do you see from this Bonaventure team? And then how does VCU go up there to New York and try to pull out a win? I mean, well, for starters – um, they just have so many pieces back and they are last year's St. Bonaventure team. So they're getting older um, and they're just um, getting even more chemistry, which is what, what you want. Um, and that's how you succeed. Um, it, they're an interesting team though, because, you know, they, they've, they're one of those teams that's had such a short season because the uh, COVID really crushed them in the non-conference. They played two games, Akron, in Hofstra. And so it's not like the greatest sample. And then still the jury's kind of out early on them. Um, even in Atlanta 10 play, because I mean, they, they've played two top one hundreds, they won one, they lost one. And so they're, it's, they're very much kind of, um, I mean, we have a big sample from them last year. So you kind of know, you know who the guys are. Um, but it's, it's still so early. Um, and so, but there are some things from, you know, some things we're seeing from them, Obviously, the kid, Jaron Holmes, um, he's having quite the year, and that's something that has me a little worried. And, you know, we, we've never seen our guys play against Oshun, or, or at least last year, we didn't get to when we crushed them. And so um, I'm really excited to, to see that, that matchup. Yeah, and one thing that goes uh, that's a little bit under the radar about this team right now is how good their defense is. They're holding opponents to 61 points per game. They have the best defense in the A-10 right now, and I think this is going to be a very good test for VCU early on because they haven't played so many defenses yet that have really ranked up against them, and now they're getting hit with a, with a really well-experienced team, like you said. Only nine juniors on this team, just one freshman on this whole St. Bonaventure roster. So I think this is going to be a great test for VCU. The St. Bonaventure defense, I mean, they are really something, a force to be reckoned with. They're first also in field goal percent defense in the A-10, 27%, and first in rebounding as well, 39 rebounds per game. Right. Well, I mean, you can put a lot of that on the guy in the middle. I mean, Oshun, Oshuni, he's, he's like one of the legit, you know, 
NBA potential players in this conference. And he just makes so much happen. Um, we, we've seen it. We've, we've seen how much more fun it is when you have a rim protector back there, like a Larry, like a Mo, like a Hassan or Corey. Um, and he is that, and, he, and his ceiling is just incredibly high. Um, I, t- I tell you something I saw the other day and I'm, I'm looking at now too is a fascinating thing is um, despite having him in there and they block so many shots, their two-point defense is actually pretty bad. And um, I, I don't know why that is. Um, they rank 250th in the country in two-point D. But overall, their effective field goal percentage D is still top 60. So it's a, it's, it's a really interesting thing. But, um, yeah, it all starts with um, the guy in the middle. Oh, wow, that's actually super interesting, the fact that how, how much it changes from field goal percentage to, to two-point defense. Um, and I think that's one thing VCU will definitely have to take advantage of. Uh, and, you know, let me know, tell, tell me if you are kind of worried about the same thing, not worried, but, you know, a little bit, you know, it, it might be on your mind, it is, it is VCU's offense and their ability to go cold and, and hot at some certain times. And we've seen, we talked about it last week, Noah, too, with Bones being kind of the guy to control it. And, you know, when everybody else is cold, he's been the guy to get hot. And still, you know, I know we've had almost a week off here, so we haven't really been able to see many changes, but I'm still yet to see guys really step up and help when it's bones is cold. We, we, you know, we've seen some great performances from Vince Williams, but I feel like once we start getting into deeper into, into conference play, you play St. Bonaventure, then you go on to play Dayton against Saturday. um, You're going to need guys who aren't bones, especially when bones is cold to hopefully have double figure games. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's 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 always the thing is like who can step up. Um, Bones has no he has no problems wanting to step up. I think the interesting thing is um, there's a lot of guys who have been crazy efficient who haven't sort of taken on that role of what Bones. I mean, really, if you dive into the numbers, Bones is not has not been one of our most efficient players this season, even though he's a he's a bucket. Um, got, you know what we're seeing from Jameer Watkins feels like it's a, just a taste right. of like what can come. He's a freshman. Um, and he's, a you know, he's, he's, well, actually he, he does take a, a good chunk of shots when he's in the game, but we haven't, I mean, we've seen a bits of Vince um, take over, um, you know, Bones is going to get shots up, but it is, it's just um, who else is going to consistently produce for us. Um, and it feels like, I mean, Bones is going to shoot. So it's like, he needs to be efficient for us. So when, if you look at, any of our more challenging games, um, Bones has struggled. Um, and also, coincidentally, it's against some of the better teams. But, um, yeah, just getting those guys more comfortable, getting Jameer more comfortable um, being a go-to guy, um, getting consistency from Vince. And also, just, like, it's so huge when, when Corey is an offensive weapon or when Hassan is an offensive weapon. But, you know, it's like whack-a-mole. It always feels like this guy's on and this guy's really off. And so um, – we're such a deep team. It feels like our ceiling is way up here and it, it feels like we've gotten just minimal looks at like just how good VCU can be. And it probably was just like our first game of the season, um, you know, against Utah state. Matt, you're the king of, I guess, advanced analytics within watching, looking at VCU basketball. I don't know if anyone else goes as deep as you. What's the one stat that catches your eye this year that maybe the, the common person won't look at when they look at the stat sheet? Uh, well, I mean, the big stat, the stat that's just been, I mean, I could like dig and look for um, things, but the one that I'm, I'm always just super aware of um, in, in terms of advanced analytics 
is how good Trey Clark is. Um, if you look to some of my favorite advanced analytics are box plus minus. It's kind of like how, how good is the team when, you, when this dude's on the floor? Um, and I, I believe our top two players on our team this year are Hassan Martin. I mean, Hassan Martin. I call him Hassan Martin because he blocks shots like him. Hassan Ward. Uh, I love Hassan Martin. Advanced analytics, just king. He's so good. Um, Hassan Ward and Trey Clark. I think the, 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 the trouble for our staff has been um, Trey plays the two, and we are a Bones Highland team. And so it's how to effectively, you know, work all these guys. Because also what Ace does is so specific. He is such a point guard. He's a point guard like we haven't seen a point guard in a minute. Um, he's such a distributor, and he's just such a, a key to, like, having an efficient team. But so the challenge is, um, what's the best usage of Trey? And that's something I think about all the time. I'm like, well, do you go three guards? Do you go ace, bones, Trey? Um, and then, you know, who sits when someone needs a breather? Um, but if you just, you know, I gotta, I'm gonna have to even look it up. Um, but just Trey Clark's, um, his box plus minus, he's, his defensive numbers are off the charts. Um, and then so are Hassan Ward. So those are two elite defensive players. And then so it's figuring out the best way to get those guys in there with ace or and and or bones. Um, that to me, that's the challenge of the season. I think last year on the advanced analytics challenge was we had so many experienced players that the coaches wanted to go with because they trusted them um, and they wanted to respect them and honor them. But they were struggling. And I, I asked coach about that in a game. And I was like, you know, how challenging is this? It's like your experienced players who produced before statistically are sucking and you, you so basically we just realistically went we went down with the ship because of that and so this year it's um man you've got what do you do with trey clark what's the best usage of him um and so i'm curious to see what they do with that because um that dude can get to the hoop too and he's just such a good defender but yeah bouncing off that real quick i just saw this graphic because uh yesterday um it was just talking about the different Eight guys in the A10 with the the highest steal and block rates, and yeah. Hassan is at the highest block rate in the A10, and per minute, per fi- uh, with a minimum of 15 minutes per game played, and then Trey Clark leads the uh, the conference in um, steal percent rate. So right, and here just um because I while you're doing that, I had time to pull up the numbers. Our two leaders this year in box plus minus. Number one is Hassan Ward at plus 7.1. Number two is Trey Clark at plus 6.2. Um, then you've got Vince and Bones and um, and Ace. And so, you know, I would love, it's like, all right, coach, what, what about that lineup for a minute? That's five right there. That you could, that's an interesting lineup. See what, see what, see what happens. And then also on top of that, someone who used to be in the starting lineup, but can still be a really good offensive force for us is Keyshawn Curry. He's averaging just under double figures in points per games as well. And, you know, he's one of those guys that we were talking about earlier. He could be, uh, you know, sparking the offense. He could help out when the guys go cold. Keyshawn comes off the bench and makes things happen. Right. And I think with Key, um, I think when, when he came to VCU, he was a bit of a surprise because people, he was not the talked about recruit. And at that time it was Vince. A lot of people talked about PJ Bird, but he has just struggled his whole time in college. But then Keyshawn was this kind of unknown guy that they got from Fork Union. They, and then when he would come in, we were like, he was getting all these leak out dunks and just attacking the basket. Um, and then sophomore year, he struggled with his efficiency. He was under 50% true shooting percentage. But this year, that efficiency is back up. 
And um, it, he just looks um, just the smartest um, I've seen him play. And, you know, I mean, yeah, that's a guy who could start on so many Atlantic 10 teams. And he's a junior, so we, we've still got, you know, more time for them. And he missed five games this year with injury and came back and looked like he didn't miss a beat. So, I mean. Right. And he, he just – to me, he just looks like he's willing to – do. he feels to me like one of the more mature players on the team. He's willing to do what the team needs him to do to win. I don't think he's hanging his head if he's not starting this, that, or the other. I think he just wants to win. And I think that's a good thing about a lot of these guys on this team is a lot of these guys – you know, obviously they want to play, but you don't see, you know, the egos clashing for more minutes specifically. And even if we're talking about this problem here, who do you give more minutes to in, in, in this minute distribution issue? Uh, you, you still don't see these guys, you know, arguing or, or fighting. You know, you probably wouldn't see it, but you don't hear any reports or behind the scenes chatter about guys, you know, really being mad at each other or, you know, just they all understand the role on the team. Right. The good it- thing about this team. Right. And I think for better or for worse, I'm sure there are fans out there and I've seen it on our forum. There are fans that would like a shorter bench. Um, There are probably people who would like to see us go like Richmond where you only play five guys, your very best guys. Um, But if you really look at the minutes distribution, it's insanely even. And it's cool for the long term, too, because freshmen are getting burned. I mean, you know, guys, guys are getting played. In a good way. In a good way. <laughs> not getting played. <laughs> For sure. I mean, shorter bench. I mean, a shorter bench might not uh, be as conducive to a, a kind of team that likes to For sure. press the entire game. I mean, you got to kind of play ten to twelve guys a night to make that work. But and um, the other the other sort of thing about that is like if you look at our numbers, we foul a lot. You just can't play a bunch of minutes because we're like racking up fouls. And when you're taking risks and you're going for steals, you add a foul. So like. Yo, you gotta sit. <laughs> exactly. VCU then will play at uh, against Dayton at home. Mm. First home game in a while on Saturday the twenty third. I mean, Dayton, the team that's had a kind of a rocky start. You can you can definitely see that Obi Toppin is missed from this Dayton team. Not only is Obi Toppin missed, but like um, Trey Landers and Ryan Mike are like two of the most underrated dudes um, in last year's A ten. I don't know. If, Obviously, I'm a big the basketball tournament fan because I had a team in it for years, and we'll, we'll be back this summer. Um, but if you watch Trey Landers and Ryan Mike Sell, um, like last year in conference, they were playing against college kids. This summer in the TVT, they were playing against legit pros, and they looked like the best dudes out there. So not only did they lose a guy to the lottery, they lost two legit pros. And Chase Johnson, um, he would – he obviously clearly had his issues, but he was a bucket. He was an efficient bucket. And so they've lost a lot. I mean, it's, um, it's, you know, they're like, it's weird to say they're in rebuild mode because they do have so many mature pieces. I mean, next year they're in serious rebuild mode. Um, yeah, they have Jalen Crutcher and E.B. Watson kind of carrying the way right now. Yeah. Right. I mean, they got some guys and we, we know coach Grant can recruit. I mean, we've seen it. He built our final four team. Um, he recruited, Larry Sanders, a eventual, you know, number 15 pick. Um, so they got dudes, but um, yeah, they're, to me, they're just like such an interesting team. They remind me a little bit of us, but maybe with like a lower um, floor, um, hence their loss to Fordham, which, um, you know, that felt pretty good. Uh, <laughs> but they also have, you know, several top 100 wins um, against some good SEC teams 
so it's but they also did those with chase johnson so it's just kind of i mean they they feel like you just never know um and that's how their you know their fans know that too they're like are we going to be good dating um or are we going to be like but it regardless they're like last year's dating team was historically good for the atlantic 10 and they're just impossible to stop and it just it ain't like that this year yeah, it definitely isn't isn't like that this year, but Dayton fans do have a lot to be happy with. Like you said, Jalen Crutcher, A-10 player of the week. He's averaging just under 20 points per game. E.B. Watson averaging just under 16 points per game. He's shooting uh, – both of them are shooting over – I believe Watson shooting 43% from three, uh, Crutcher shooting 45% from three. Both of them are one and two minutes respectively in the A-10 in, in minutes per game, yeah. which is See, which is a lot of minutes. The guys are playing almost the whole game for, for Coach Grant right now. Right. Grant, again, Grant, he plays the dudes who who can get him wins. Um, and if, if you're a freshman, look at Amsel. And that dude is, is a bucket right now. Like, he's going to be a problem. Um, so yeah, um, I guess the thing is like, if you can get them in foul trouble, um, that's amazing. Cause they, they are so dependent on a small handful of guys, especially Crutcher. I mean, he is, you know, he stirs the drink over there. And one thing VCU will have to look forward to as well is that this team is averaging 15 turnovers per game and VCU likes to score off the turnovers. So if there's one way to take advantage of this Dayton team, it's to force them to turn the ball over as much as possible and convert on those. They have to convert on those turnovers. A hundred percent. I mean, if you look at them offensively, their numbers are still off the charts, but the one number that's off the charts in a bad way is they have been, turnover machines and so they they've been that's that's pretty much it that is their weakness um which is great for us because that plays into our strength but you know we've we've seen that i mean i i write a lot of these game previews and i just dive into the numbers and i'm like oh my god this is setting up perfect like we should this should be a 30 turnover game or something insane like that and then you're like damn it like how do we only turn them over nine times and that's why I, I, the saying I always say, like basketball happens, like it doesn't always go the way it's supposed to off, off the numbers. You know, I wanted to ask you about um, the A-10 tournament, because I knew that you would have an opinion on this. It's being moved away from Brooklyn now and potentially at a campus tournament spot. We've been asking about this every week now. What's your take on this? What, what do you think? Do you like this move? I mean, it makes, I like it this year uh, for selfish reasons. One, I always, Atlantic 10 tournament I went last year I was there as the as it got canceled were you guys there too I don't yeah we were there yeah um sorry it's it's all a blur this whole past year has been a blur um so but I I thought about that I'm like man if the tournament is in Brooklyn do I go like I'm just paying to go to basketball games and to get my bagels because I'm like you know (laughs) part of the appeal is like we're going to the bar after we're doing all this so this year it's like I'm with it. Like, please move it to VCU because <laughs> I can't do anything anyway in Brooklyn, New York. Um, uh, so, I mean, it makes sense. I, you know, I would love for them to move it to VCU. It's just such a weird year. What will they do with the fans? We have a limited number of fans, but how does that work for a tournament? You know, I, I, th- I remember last year when all this was going down, they were saying they should just have like a tournament or an NCAA tournament where you have one designated fan. (laughs) That's what I want to see. I want to see like the craziest one person from each team, like the Bonnie's beer guy from us. I don't know who you all think it would be. Obviously Pav is the the there. 
but uh, man, I don't know. Well, I'm interested to see what they do, but I'm, I'm down for Richmond because I don't want to spend a bunch of money on Brooklyn this year where I can't go drink. I mean, VCU, Siegel Center itself has had a history of hosting tournaments with the, mainly the TBT being held there for a couple of years, I believe. Matt, bouncing off of that, TBT, you said maybe a return this coming tournament. What is, if you could create a lineup for that team, because I know you're in charge oh my of doing all that, what's your dream lineup that, of course, of eligible guys, because I know there's some rules right. within there. What's oh, your well, dream lineup? Well, I'll tell you, I've been texting. I've been texting a lot. Um, so this isn't breaking news, but so this year, um, a lot of Ram fans will know who Bo, Bo Jones is. Um, played for VCU. Awesome dude. Highly respected in the Richmond community. He's going to be our head coach this year. I got to meet Bo in person this um, summer when I shot. Um, I'm going to do a video soon where I went and watched Bo and a bunch of local dudes play. There's a seri- There's some serious local pickup games. Um, when I was there, it was Bo Jones was there. Rozelle was there. Kenny Williams was there. But they have all kinds of these dudes. My guy, Javante Green from last year, plays these pickup games. So Bo Jones is going to be our coach. And I'm texting people already and i'm like um this will be so hard to get but obviously my recruit is like troy daniels is not on a roster travion's not on a roster briante's not on a roster i would i'm dying to get those guys together and me and bo are gonna push i was talking to eric maynard the other day Uh, he's talking about he could be available to to like coach with us again um he's he's obviously he's an assistant with the oklahoma city blue um but um, Troy, Bree, uh, Travion, I love Jaquan's game. Justin Tillman, dying to have him. I, I, I want to get Marcus Evans. I'm dying to see a backcourt of Marcus and Briante. I want two, like, 757 dogs. Just, I think a, a part of the beauty of this is getting to get these guys to play together um, in the black and gold. Marcus Evans, Briante, Weber in a backcourt is so fun to me. And I love Marcus Evans. He had a tough senior year. Um, because of injuries and stuff, but um, Justin Tillman, I love Dariante. So I, I'm trust me, I've got lists of names already. There's a bunch of dudes that I want to try and get, but obviously it's it's headlined by these these guys who currently aren't NBA rosters. I don't know if we'll be able to get it because they want to be on NBA rosters. But if there's any chance I can get them, we're gonna have a bunch of former. I mean, we're we're gonna have like a havoc VCU lineup of dudes who can get buckets yeah i saw i saw larry sanders is looking to get back into basketball so maybe you can go in uh i saw he posted a video he was he looks pretty good out there he's always working i love larry he can block shots he's a really nice guy um i'm always i'll always send him like a message and then usually he'll just ignore it (laughs) so (laughs) if we get some of those other guys maybe they'll get larry But we'll see. The best recruiter. But I like the, I'll, you know, I also like to give guys a chance that haven't gotten to do it. Guys who are ready to play now. Obviously, although Rozelle, you know, that's my dude. He's got to be on the squad. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I would love, I want, I think one of the beauties of that is you get to, fans get to see some of these guys again and they get to see these weird combos like super friends. So they get to see Briante Weber, um, or, you know, and Travion back with Justin Tillman, but, with, but also those guys with them. So. I'm excited about that this summer because we sat out last year because um, we needed a break, but also it was COVID. It was a weird year anyway. So, Just you talking about it has me super excited to see what you guys come up with. I, you know, fun. I'm ready to watch it. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, Matt, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate you taking the time and we'll be happy to have you back anytime you want to join us here on the Ram Report. Man, I'm down. I'm down for it always. I miss seeing y'all in person. I miss our, our, our pregame dinners together. <laughs> 
But one day we will we will share a meal together without just our little single pizzas. <laughs> one day, Quarantine. hopefully that day comes soon. Once again, Matt Shelton I from Ram Nation. Thank you so much for joining us. This has been Ram Report, episode eight.